They're dead. What? Who's dead? My team. My team is dead. They knew we were coming, man. They knew we were coming and the disc is gone. Are you intact? Do you read me? The list is in the open. Welcome back to Should You Watch This with the Popcorn Priest, the weekly podcast where movie enthusiasts, ex-movie theater projectionists, new and old friends take the time to talk about a movie that we just watched and answer that very question, should or shouldn't you watch this? Welcome back, Dan, for part two of our Mission Impossible as we kick off the review of six movies. And remind the listeners, you have never seen Mission Impossible or any of them to be exact i had not this i was the last person on the face of the planet yeah you mentioned that last week (laughs) mission impossible did did your uh wife get to see this with you so she'd already seen it okay that's that's what i was getting at i wanted to know if she'd seen it yeah oh 100 percent. yeah because because sometimes i'll ask my wife like hey you want to watch this with me she's like i don't think i've seen this and then like 45 minutes into it she's like oh yeah i've seen this (laughs) i'm like okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah no she was she, i mean she she bailed on me pretty quickly but oh really uh, but oh she, because she'd yeah. seen it exactly did she bail because she had other things going on or was she actually like oh, i'm bored i don't want to i don't watch this again you know i don't really know i wasn't i wasn't paying too much attention all right well, i'm glad <laughs> i asked the question <laughs> yes. i'm so attentive what a husband i am Oh, dude, I I failed last week to play the trailer. I'm going to have to insert that in next week. Here's the trailer for this week. This is your mission should you choose to accept it. Simple game. Is he serious? Always. It's much worse than you think. I can understand you're very upset. You've never seen me very upset. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Rated PG-13. Yes. I'll have to insert the other trailer, but yeah, there's trailer number two for Mission Impossible. While we're on the trailer, the trailer for this is so good. Oh, yeah, dude. all, All the trailers that I looked up are amazing. Yeah. Like, this is one where... It, it genuinely, because I remember when it was coming out mm. and and seeing these trailers and thinking, man, that's got to be awesome, but just never got to it. I mean, there was a lot going on. We Last week, we talked about the, I mean, the rock, Independence Day, awesome right. films that were out. And that was just top four, you know? Right. Let's get into popcorn trivia. Let me tell you something, Pandeo. All right, I got three amazing trivia points. Again, I only pick, I, I cherry pick these because the stuff that I think are interesting. Um, but I also, I'm the surrogate for the audience. Like, I'm just a regular guy as well. But, well, I'm not a regular guy. I'm, I'm the popcorn priest. But number you are one, the popcorn <laughs> number one, while filming the famous scene where Tom Cruise drops from the ceiling and hovers inches above the ground. Uh, again, pr- reminder, this is spoiler zone. Part two is always spoiler zone. Cruz's head kept hitting the floor until he got the idea to put coins in his shoes for balance. 
Hmm. That's cool. I mean, I maybe would have done ankle weights or something, but okay. Yeah, throw Coins. some. Uh, I mean, they were in London, so he threw in some pounds, some sterling pounds, and threw in some Shepherds. coins. Yeah. Yeah. The scene in which the water tank explodes and Ethan Hunt escapes from the aquarium restaurant were shot at two different locations. The tank explosion and Hunt's jump through the restaurant window were shot at Paramount Studios, same place where. 007 is shot the portion of the scene in which he's running into the street with the water running behind him were actually shot in Prague's old town square this arguably was the starting point for tom doing his now death-defying stunts 16 tons of water were released in that scene awesome scene and uh, we might touch on it again later, but the director was like, I don't really like how they shot, because they shot it with a stunt double, and it wasn't liking how it came out. So Tom's like, I'll do it. <laughs> and then it was way better with Tom doing it. He's, he's incredible with the stunts. Yeah. This one is kind of interesting. <laughs> Last motion picture from a major studio to be released for home video on Betamax format. I mean, yeah. 1996, we still got Betamax coming out, I guess. Yeah. yeah, man, I'll tell you what. Doesn't it harken back to the days of Blockbuster and how incredible Blockbuster was? I know we've talked about it before, but Blockbuster was it, bro. I mean, any video store was it. Like, yeah. The idea, the idea of like at least putting on like clothes and <laughs> and going like granted you might have sweatpants on but you're you're at least oh, you got you got to go out and you're going to grab some snacks on the way home but you you got to go and like peruse the selections and the new releases new re yeah new releases the, yeah dude. you go talk to the so awesome. cool person at the back who was like Quentin Tarantino the blue you're like what yeah. what should i get this weekend and they're like oh go over here or or some some cool places had like you know Jerry's picks and and right you like yeah. got to you're like oh I want to see that and and being able to like look at the back and check out the you know the description and the and the images like I don't know is so what's awesome. the difference between that and scrolling on Netflix the difference is you you effing find the movie when you go to Blockbuster on Netflix you scroll for thirty five effing minutes and don't find anything yeah because when you're like physically at a location you're kind of looking at the clock and you're like we got to get home and start this movie well, but not just that they, like in a blockbuster you have what 150 movies to choose from but for the most part you're going to gravitate to the 15 new releases yeah there's less that's and, right that's right and, and of those 15 new releases two or three of them are going to be sold out that's you might true. have to go up to the desk and say, hey, did anybody return this? <laughs> and they have to rummage through the bin. Yeah. And then they have to check to see if it was rewound. So, like, <laughs> and if you too much. If you knew a guy, you're like, hey, did you, did you save me a, a, a copy of the eraser? No, yeah, I got one right yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, man. So, like, but with Netflix, and I, I bring up this main that, that my, my father sent me yeah. about – about the you know we've got 45 minutes to kill what do you want to do the guy says let's let's get on netflix and try to find something to watch well and that's, and, the, and that's how it is i know you bring that up but it's funny because when you go to the store when you went to the store to pick a movie you picked one 
you left with something. And there's multiple oh, times. Oh, you usually left with two or three. Yeah, multiples. And then you'd, you'd get like a new release and then something you're like, oh, I haven't seen this in a while. And you get two, right? But yeah. you but you scroll for, for 35 minutes to, to your joke, 40 minutes. There's times where I've sat there for that long and then I, I'm like, I'm going to go do something else. And I don't even watch anything. It happens all the time. And the other beauty was when you went as a family to Blockbuster, everybody got to go pick their own movie. It It was seriously like just a magical thing to do. And like the smell, bro. Simpler times. Yeah. It smelled like they usually had popcorn and they had like, it smelled delicious. The smell of like popcorn and treats. And then, you know, a little bit of dust, a little bit of, you know, maybe there's a guy with a little bit of BO wafting by you, but you're yeah. like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah, like, you know, some of those guys that were dropping bad reviews might be strolling around correct. trying to talk to random people and, and you know, harassing. <laughs> yeah, the, Leba- the Lebowski T-1000 patient. is like, don't get that. Yes. Don't get that movie. It sucks. <laughs> 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 while he shakes his ponytail yeah. with his cut-off sleeve shirt. Yeah, man. Oh, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, this leads us into a great category of beefs, because right? we're talking a little bit about beefs. Where's the beef? Hey, where's the beef? All right, I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four beefs with this film. And as you, you think about yours, so... Martin Landau, I kind of hinted at this last week, and I'm glad we're touching on it, but Martin Landau, who portrayed Roland Hand in the original television series, expressed his own disgust concerning this movie. In an MTV interview in October 2009, so what, more than a decade later, he says after the release, Landau stated, When they were working on an early incarnation of the first one, not the script they ultimately did, they wanted the entire team to be destroyed, done away with one at a time, and I was against that. It was basically an action-adventure movie and not mission. Mission was a mind game. The ideal mission was getting in and getting out without anyone ever knowing we were there. So the whole texture changed. Why volunteer to essentially have our characters commit suicide? I passed on it. He added as a condemnation of the writers, the script wasn't that good either. I bring this up because my beef is with the original cast. Hey, they gave you an opportunity to be in the movie. If you don't want to be in the movie, that's fine. But don't crap on this. This These people are resurrecting this film. And by the way, if this is coming about, I guarantee you there's going to be interest in the TV show because of the show. Like you're going to get some residual checks, my man. People are going to start watching this again because of this movie's out. So I don't know. My beef is with these guys crapping so hard on it. All of them boycotted except for one of the original cast. They were all invited to the premiere. They all boycotted it. This bothers me. So they they were the original cancel culture. Um, Yeah. Not only that, but we talked about what it did from box office perspective. Right. And so, like clearly whatever they're talking about it, they're wrong period so be humble yeah and, 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 and appreciate and, the homage and 
no. And I can't, I can't imagine that like translating, you know, a 20, 22 minute episode. I don't, I don't know how long, maybe they were hour long episodes of mission impossible. I don't know. I never watched the TV show cause it was beyond my days, but right. I can't imagine it translating to the big screen all the time. Like you've got to adapt it some way. So it's like, just stop. That, that's my beef. Yeah. No, and you look at like Star Trek, and they, they tried many times to get that same lift in the theater. And they, they had some successful movies, but it really did go all the way into the 2000s until they could really get a, a franchise going, which, I mean, seems like there's been kind of delays on that. But so the fact that this has gone on to be as big a franchise as it is, again, just shows how wrong they are. Yeah. So here's a couple of other beefs regarding like casting. So George Clooney was offered the part of Ethan Hunt, but he turned it down mm-hmm. to, to work on One Fine Day. And then, and we just watched From Dust Till Dawn with Cl- Clooney in it. So I felt like... Yeah, he was great. Obviously, I want Tom Cruise playing Ethan Hunt, but... Uh, that's a misstep for Clooney. Well, it's a misstep for, for Clooney, but I, I I can't see Clooney in this role. Well, and I don't think it's going to be I as can't. cool as this movie ends right. up being, but I guarantee it would have still made quite a bit of money with De Palma and, you know, all the people sure. that were involved in it. But, but yeah, you're, it's, it's much better with, with Tom Cruise. Here's I some, also think you would have seen a handoff on, on the franchise. Like I, I think, he might have gotten through two films, Clooney, but it would have handed off to somebody else. Yeah, that's true. It might have might have been. You're right. Here's some other casting: Bruce Willis, John Travolta, Nicolas Cage, Ralph Fiennes, and Mel Gibson were later considered for the part of Tom Cruise. And that word mm-hmm. "considered," it, you know, is is it's loose. It's a little loose, but obviously, yeah. Tom Cruise got the role. But and his whole production company bought the rights to do it. So some other roles people were considered for the part of Mr. Phelps was Al Pacino, Michael Douglas and Robert Redford. What do you think Um, about that? Michael Douglas, Michael Douglas would have been great. That's what I was thinking. I would have, I would have loved Michael Douglas or Robert Redford having like, Redford would have been great. A guy that's, I mean, I know why they got John Voight. Cause you're thinking this guy's always a, a good guy for the most part. And it's cool because he becomes the bad guy. But like Robert Redford and Michael Douglas are, for the most part, always a really good guy. And so right. that would have been really cool. I think Al yeah, Pacino. I think Pacino could have pulled it yeah, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, was, I, I really was don't say think that. so. Yeah, he he probably would have upstaged it <laughs> too much. Yeah, he's too big for it. He's, his acting personality is too big for that yeah. role. But I so, think Douglas or huh, Redford would have been would have been really cool. So that's my beef. I I like John Voy. He did a good job, but I think those guys could have made did. it better. Yeah. And then here's my last beef, and this is a big one. John McTiernan was the original choice for the director. Do you know what John McTiernan directed? No. <laughs> Two of the diehards, man. Oh yeah. Like Wait, which ones? The first one and the third one. Yeah. So, yeah, like uh, John McTiernan is my man, dude. Uh, it, yeah. Would I, 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 I mean, what would it would uh, have it been a much different different film? Yes. No. 
I think it would have. It would have been less spy. It would have been more more action packed. I think. But it needs to be spy. I know. I realize that. But but to see where the series has gone, the franchise has gone. It would. It's 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 going where John McTiernan would have started with. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. So that's my beef. Any other beefs you have? I will say this along the lines that you just finished with. Okay. As I was watching this, I was like, oh, Jesus, like another blow them up movie. But then all of a sudden it did get very spy oriented Mm -hmm. and the, the plot thickened and you, you were definitely trying to keep up and connect the pieces the entire time. And I, at one point, when my wife was walking around doing whatever she was doing, um, <laughs> I, I said, man, I'm not really into this. And then literally five minutes later, I was like hooked. I was hooked, line and, and sinker, man. I was in, I was trying to, to work it all the way through. I was trying to come to exactly where where it was. I would say that my my beef is based on some of the things you said. <laughs> if they don't stick with this, then I think that it it really is going to take away from these movies for me. Well, yeah, I, I'm. That's why I'm interested to see because we. I, I'll be honest with you. We got We got to power through number two to get to th- three, four, five, and six. But I, th- I think yeah. you're going to be pleasantly uh, surprised at the direction it goes. But yeah, okay. I, I'm number one. I'm looking forward to number two because I haven't. I've only seen it one time. It's well known. It's not one of the uh, most well liked of the six. But I'm ex- I'm excited to take. It's kind of like when I took another stab at uh, Tom Top Gun. Top Gun. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm, a, I'm looking forward to it. But the tone. Definitely changes a little bit, I think, but it's still very much spy a spy film, for sure. Okay, but okay. I mean, obviously, um, Tom Cruise takes it to you know turns it up to eleven with regard to stunts, right? And and that I I certainly look look forward to. I think my other beefs would be the vixen. I could have used more Vixen and more smoking hot lady on the screen. Yeah. Is that distracting though from the plot? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love your your quick answer. Nope. <laughs> uh, I mean yeah. I mean, we're simple men, so it's I, I agree yeah. I agree with you like, a thousand percent, but yeah. It's it's like with Bond. Like if I'm gonna be a badass, you know, spy then there better be smoking hot ladies around me. Okay. I think, I think it gets, I think that gets better over time. Okay. So, and look, the vixen in this, like the the girl, very beautiful girl. Sure. But they really planed her down and she's got like the most amount of clothes on of all time. Yeah. That I was, it was like, she was going to blockbuster to rent. Yeah. She's got like (laughs) cardigans and scarves and baggy pants on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Not into it. Yeah. So, uh, that's funny. Well, uh, those are some good beefs. And I, when you were talking about when you got hooked, it was really interesting to me because I was the same way. I was thinking, I was trying to think back to when I had, I've seen it multiple times, but 
the, for me, the moment when they walk out, when, when the guy that they're trailing walks out of the, I don't know, the party in the back alleyway and cruises with his, his um, one of his partners and right. they're, and they're like getting this abort call and right. there's some confusion That's there. Then I was like, Oh, why, why abort? And then Tom Cruise is like, no, I, why are we aborting? And he was the only one of the team was like, and then when, when everyone started dying, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to, why Tom Cruise has got me. And that's, he does that. Agreed. All the time for me. Agreed. So I like that. It it was that moment. It was that moment for me where the chaos was taking place. And I thought, well, well, wait a minute. Like there's a protocol in these movies that you have to follow and there's that protocol is the the bad guys advance a little bit, but then re- retreat, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they make a couple of nice moves, but then the good guys' skills come out and, and overcome. But this one, it was a complete shit show. Everything fell apart mm-hmm. and people died and you're left there going, wait a minute. Like, I, I don't think, you know, I, I never thought that he he was the the one that and i don't think that it was very convincing that they were were the director guy was truly thought that it was ethan hunt but but they had me man like that it was that's that's the moment where it it flipped for me because i was 15 minutes in going yeah this seems like every other movie and then bam flipped it and what's cool about that is they took a risk like to the original cast uh, point they're like oh this isn't like mission impossible yeah well it isn't and they took a risk of flipping that script of like oh what would happen if all the team died and 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 he's got to figure out who the mole is that's awesome and obviously it worked it made 450 million dollars so it's cool and i love when movies do that i don't love it when it falls on its face obviously I, i like good movies but it's cool when they Agreed. take that risk. You have to try. Yeah. They tried and succeeded. There's yeah. no doubt. Exactly. Let's get into puzzles. A sphincter says what? What? A sphincter says what? What? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This one's going to blow your mind, dude. Jean-Claude Van Damme was considered for the role of Ethan Hunt but Van Damme turned it down. No. That is a puzzle to me. That's so crazy to me. Number one, that he was considered. Number two, that he turned it down. Like, what was <laughs> what was going? Like, that would have been weird. Obviously not as a different movie, 100%, but like, just, this is crazy. It's a puzzle. I think those are two, two, that's very puzzling, and two bad decisions on both parts. Like one to offer it and two to turn it down. Like you're crazy on both. So yes. serendipity took over and, and got it right. I got to look up. What is Van Damme doing in 1996? Uh, Universal Soldier. Let's see. It's got to be Universal Soldier or the or Time Cop. One of those two. But Time Cop was a little earlier, I think. All right. So we've got, let's start in 1996. Or let's see, 1995. He's got 94 is Time Cop. Right. Street Fighter is 94. Then Sudden Death. 
Then in 96, he's got The Quest and no ma- Maximum Risk. Yeah, no Maximum Risk. Sorry, travel yeah, in time as well. Universal Soldier was <laughs> 1992. So this was it really? Yeah, this would have been like, this would have hit good for him. Well, he needed it. Yeah, yeah. dude. Because he had like an 89 Kickboxer, uh, Lionheart, Death Warrant, Double Impact, Universal S- Soldier. It's like he was, I mean, granted, they're not like, they're they're his movies, but like still they were good and well liked. Bloodsport, right? Yeah, Blood we did a podcast on Bloodsport. Yeah, Bloodsport was 1988, so that was a couple years before, but still like he's getting some good hits there. Yeah, he needed it. And then he's <laughs> doing Street Fighter, like... Come on, man. Yeah, he fell off. Fell off for sure. Um, Emilio. Here's... uh, Emilio. Yeah, Emilio. Not only is this the only film in the franchise where Ethan Hunt doesn't fire a gun. I'm going to repeat that. He does not fire a gun. It is the only one to not have shootouts or gunfights. Wait. (laughs) He doesn't fire the gun? He does not shoot a gun in the entire film. That's what puzzled me. Son of a gun. And there's huh. no shootouts other than the fact that, well, yeah, because no one's shooting anyone. There's a, there's a, that guy, Jean Reno, Rene, Reno, stabs, Stabby McStabster, stabs those two guys, lady and guy. Right. And John Voigt shoots himself. And then like, yeah. there's no gunfights. They're like fighting. They're yes. on the train fighting. They're, they're stealing the shiz and huh. the, and Langley. Yeah. That's really good. That's puzzle. Okay. Yeah, it's good puzzle. Um, next good one is puzzle. a shot of Ethan and Claire kissing passionately is shown in the trailer, which you would have, seems like Dan Sekulich would have loved. Um, yeah. <laughs> and in, in the brief excerpts from this movie at the start of the movie, but does not feature it within the movie, they cut it out. No. And no. guess who told them to cut it out? George Cruise. Lucas. Or no, not oh, George Lord. Lucas. It was uh, Steven Spielberg said, hey, you, you got you to gotta cut this out. He came from right field to, to snuff out some, some smooching. Some but smooching. It, was, it was weird. That chemistry between them was, was kind of weird. Like I didn't really feel like Tom Cruise was into her. So I didn't. It was a good to, choice. To I think it was the right choice. Agreed. And yeah, it did feel weird because it's like, hey, you're, you just lost your husband. Your husband just died. Like, why are you kissing yeah. me? <laughs> why are you yeah, like rub, weird. rubbing me weirdly? Like, I don't, you should be mourning. You're mourning. Yeah. Unless you didn't like so, him. Good leave out. Yeah. Uh, next two are, last two are, there were rumors that Tom Cruise and De Palma did not get along. And they were fueled by De Palma excusing himself at the last moment from scheduled media interviews before the movie's theatrical release. I mean, it's a puzzle to me, but at the same time, like if Tom Cruise isn't on your good side, then he probably is going to rub you the wrong way. He's going to want to get what he wants. But I've never heard that Tom Cruise is difficult to work with. You've heard the tapes of him yelling at people about masks and like... Yeah, but that kind of th- I mean that's yeah, but that's more over like honor and yeah. But I've never I've never heard that he's 
like that was an isolated incident. Everyone, everybody went crazy over masks. True. My Lord. So, well, like, I, yeah, I could just see him being like, you know, if you, if you've got a director who's directed Scarface and has a vision and then Tom Cruise has a vision and they're not the same. Yeah. I mean, I could see them maybe not getting along, but maybe it was, I don't know. It's a puzzle. That's why it's in yeah, there. You I don't know. know. Yeah, you got to know what you're getting into when the actor is producing and you're the director. Yeah. That's got to be tough. All right. And here's the other one. And I, I miss, I miss said it last week. We were talking about the review of the guy who was obsessed over the helicopter scene. So I I said it was based on a helicopter who had gone, had gone into a tunnel before. And that is incorrect. But here's, here's, the real trivia. It's inspired inspired by this movie. A helicopter successfully flew through a tunnel in Brazil in 2006. Yeah, yeah, buddy. So they what movie? I don't even. I don't know. Maybe it was just inspired by a, a Brazilian that just wanted to try it. I don't. I have no idea. That's a puzzle. Okay, that's why it's in here. But it many, happened. Many many Brazilians dispute the fact that the Wright brothers invented flight. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, bro. So they're saying. Well, we don't need to get into that. Okay. All right. How's this about to ask some questions? There, we'll we'll leave that for another. Well, time. no, you can ask those questions. Well, I was but, saying, do but, they think that it was a Brazilian who invented flight then, or just uh, someone else? Um, no, they're saying that one of their own did. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. That's we'll put that in. We'll leave that in puzzles. Because we don't know how to okay. solve that one. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's get into our last. Ca- Do you have any puzzles before we get into redemption? No, man. I think you, you nailed it. Those are good. Good, right? Thank you. Appreciate it. I have exercised the demons. All right, I'm looking forward to your redemptions. I like. I want to hear what you thought of this because it's you haven't seen it. But let me. Let me tell you what I plucked out of. Some of them are trivia based, but um, for sure, I like this movie. So his name is Reza Badayi. The person responsible for directing more episodes of the original Mission Impossible television series than anyone else was asked by the head of Paramount Pictures to be present on the set for consulting and advising. The director, Brian De Palma, approached him and told him how much he had enjoyed the original series. He also added that the movie would be nothing like the television show and that his presence on the set would only result in making both of them uncomfortable. Badier thanked him for his honesty and left the set never to return. (laughs) I just thought that's awesome. That like, they're like, hey, this is what it's going to be. Probably not going to get along. We should probably part ways. And they're both like, all right, you're right. But do you think that's what led to the cast boy, boycotting it? I like mean, he, he, he has that conversation, gets on the phone, calls the old cast and says, you guys won't believe this. And then they're all like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not going to treat us that way. No, because this happened after. Because he was on this. Well, yeah, because this was no. first day of set. So they'd already right, and those they'd, guys boycotted previously. The, the premiere, I thought. Yeah, but that's after. This is when they were shooting it. The premiere is, you know, months and months and months later after shooting and editing and the movie. Right, that's out. what I'm saying. So this guy's on set. Oh, and- you're saying the boycott after the fact. Yeah. 
be, like he went back to them and said, hey, this is how the director just treated me. And then they were like, F this, I'm boycotting this thing. But what if, what if Reza, the Reza, he was like, maybe he had just had a mutual respect. and was like, all right, thanks for telling me. I'm, I'm glad I didn't yeah, waste my time. No, yeah, I just maybe. liked it. I like that the director's like, listen, we're doing something different here. So if you don't like it, pop off. I like it. Yeah, it worked. Uh, one of the code names on the knock list is Maverick, which is a reference to Top Gun. <laughs> I did not catch I that. I did not notice that. But also very cool. Yeah. Okay. And this is, uh, this is, might be, a sad thing for you, but it's very cool for me. The only Mission Impossible film in the series to do the trademark masks with entirely practical effects. Yeah, I I could take it or leave it. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Because that's like the one of the main things of the TV show was them, you know, being someone else and having masks. They do some really yeah, cool I, things I with it, it in the next couple of movies, but this one... I know what you're talking about. I I've seen the the trailers and you you can tell it's it's digitally. There's more digital certain. stuff happening. This one was yeah. like them peeling off masks, which I thought was really cool. right. No, it was it was definitely cool. Again, ninety six and and kind of paying that homage. So I'm I'm in for it. Here's one that's kind of interesting about a reference because ILM did a lot of the visual effects stuff for the train sequence, the final sequence after Ethan's team is killed. The security code he gives on the phone is Bravo echo one, one B E one, one, which is a mirror image of one, one three, eight, which is like a signature of George Lucas. That's his like favorite number. So I thought that was cool. Okay. It's a reference to their little Easter egg, little Easter egg to George Lucas and his his industrial light and magic team. So that's kind of cool. And then the last two I have are my favorite. Lalo Schifrin's theme from Mission Impossible is one of the most iconic TV theme songs ever. For the movie, For sure. Larry Mullen Jr. and Adam Clayton, aka the guys from U2 who aren't Bono or The Edge, did a remix. <laughs> did a remix of the theme song. It proved quite successful. In addition to becoming a top 10 hit, it was nominated for a Grammy for best pop instrumental performance. And it's dope. Hearing that, that remix in the subsequent movies, it's just going to get your blood pumping. It's so awesome. Like, I love it, dude. Okay. It's so cool. It's like updated and dope. I, oh man, it's, yeah, I I love it. Like when you, I was I all it. I was gonna pull the original one from the TV show. Just when you hear this one and the other one, it's the worst. It lays a little flat. It's yeah. like um, it's like some guy in his basement like. <laughs> it's so it's it's not as good. Uh, all right, here's the last one, and this is a homage to Tom Cruise for sure. The script that Tom Cruise approved called for a final showdown to take place on top of a moving train. Cruise wanted to use the famously fast French train, the TGV, but rail authorities did not want any part of the stunt performed on their trains. When that was no longer a problem, the track was not available. De Palma visited railroads on two continents trying to get permission. Cruise took the train owners out to dinner 
And then the next day they were allowed to use it <laughs> for the actual sequence. Wow. Cruz wanted wind that was so powerful that it could knock him off the train. Cruz had difficulty finding the right machine that would have, would create the wind velocity that would look visually accurate before remembering a simulator he used while training as a skydiver. The only machine of its kind in Europe was then located and acquired. Cruz had it produce winds up to 140 miles an hour so that it would distort his face. Exterior shots of the train were filmed on the Glasgow Southwestern line between Newcomnock, Dumfries, and Annan. Most of the sequence, however, was filmed on a stage against a blue screen for later digitizing by the visual effects team at ILM. That's just like... Such a cool concept. The epitome of what I think about when Tom Cruise is like, can we get a, a, a machine that will blow my face so that... <laughs> It looks like I'm really on a train that's going 140 miles an hour. Let's get the but only didn't one. Didn't it strike you during those scenes that you're that you like you you almost felt it because too many times, like the detractors of this movie said in their reviews, like a <laughs> helicopter can't go into a tunnel, right? Yeah. Like it, this felt, yeah, that's what you'd be up against. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like. So. Granted, the effects are from 1996. And yeah, maybe that you can see that they're in a green screen. But I think because of the fact that you see his face, I'm more drawn to his face. And the fact that his face is moving like I would imagine a, his face would look like on a train moving that speed, that the rest of the stuff, I'm not really like, I don't really pay attention to it as much. And it and it sucks me in more. Yeah, that, That's like my that's redemption. Good. So tell me about your experience. This is your first time with Mission Impossible. You love Tom Cruise anyway. Tell me about it. And then we'll, yeah, and then look, we'll finish the show. Tom Cruise fan. Yes. Yeah, Tom Cruise fan. You know that from, from previous pods. I, I talk about it often. I, I went in with high expectations. Okay. Like what I loved about this was, is I went in with not super crazy, unrealistic expectations. I went into this saying, of course, I'm going to like the movie. Okay. I like movies and I know it was successful. Okay. But what I loved about this was, is it brought me down to the point where I was like, damn it, just another <laughs> movie. Like we talked about earlier. Yeah. And then bam, just, just put the plug in and, and shocked me and, and got me right back up. And I was dialed the, the rest of the way. So I love that it grabbed me. Not many movies like this grab me because they they truly the fast and the furious i don't know how you feel about that franchise great that it's been as successful as it is but man i stopped watching long ago because there's only so many things that you can do before i've seen the same movie over and over and so it was well, refreshing to have yeah you got it how many how many have you seen of that movie because you might have given up too that, soon uh, I want to say six, maybe six or seven. Okay. So, I mean, number five takes place in Brazil. It's Well, I don't know if it really is in Brazil or filmed in Brazil, but like. It was cool. It no, was the, dope. The effects are amazing. And, but yeah, that movie, I'm, the, I'm that franchise it. is crazy because it goes from like three or four that are mediocre and somehow with the fifth one, it like takes it to a different place 
but I agree. I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But I, I think with this one, it's anytime you give me a movie from this time period, you know, we, we reference some of the, the things that went on back, back in 96 with blockbuster and things like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's the nostalgia of the, the time period. There was so much more innocence and in, in the world back in 96 and these cutting edge effects coming out, they still stand the test of time, which yeah. I think is amazing. It's like, really cool. Like watching it again, it didn't, I didn't look at it and think, yeah, man, that's so like 70s stuff. Like it, it felt like it still played today. Yeah. So I mean I the, that was was incredible as well. The only thing that I think might have obviously it's dated is the, the computer. I mean you saw Netscape, the Netscape logo for the internet. So that obviously is lame, but but you just have to accept it what time period it was filmed at. Yeah, but it was again it met expectations overall, which I'm super happy about. What's your rating? I know we're going to rate these amongst all of them but since it's the first one just rate it as it as is large bucket i i'm agreeing with you on that it's not a you go large it's i'm going large yeah i'm going large i i'm almost teetering on golden bucket just because of the the spy aspect of the film the script the right. intrigue the rewatchability of this movie is really cool because Watching it again with my wife was fun. Watching it with someone else is fun because you pick up on things and you see things a little differently. So that's really cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm in it large bucket for sure for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm stingy. You play, you play a little, a little fast and loose with them golden buckets. Um, (laughs) And I I think (laughs) I'm stingy. (laughs) But I, I think, dude, um, I've been called out so many times about giving so many golden bucks out. But even some of my other <laughs> guests are like, dude, you cannot get like, I had a fight with someone, one of my guests, like Dr. Dare. He was so angry. And I was like, dude, I love movies, man. I say it every week. Like, right. I love them. This is fun. This, this, this takes me out of my life for little five minutes. Loose. Yeah. A little fast, little fast and, loose. and loose with them goldies. <laughs> Uh, but no, large bucket for sure. Awesome. Anything we missed before we close Mission Impossible 1? Just looking forward to to going through all of them. And I, I really do think it'd be amazing to, to lead up to, to 7. And, uh, is it 7 or 8? It'll be 7. Really? Yeah. part seven, 7, okay. 7 part 1, colon 1. I think it's called day, day of Reckoning. After the third one, they start giving them like Nick colons <laughs> they get a colon but the first, but the I, first I am, ones they have colonoscopies they don't they only have numbers okay <laughs> i i am glad that that you you got me to to start this because i think once i catch up it's it's a franchise that i'll i'll stick with and like the other one that i mentioned so um so yeah get out and, and watch this this film awesome i mean i only i had to give it back to you you gave me so much crap about Top Gun and like rewatching Top Gun and then also trying to watch Maverick. Like I was against it. I'm like, I'm not watching Maverick and I'm glad that I did. And, uh, this is, this is payback. So yeah, suck it. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. good. All right, man. That's it for this week. 
But I'm with you always. Look for me in the cloud at Popcorn Priest. I love movies and would love it if you'd share the love. Share this with the movie lover in your life. Another way to support the show is by throwing a few shekels at the priest. Visit patreon.com forward slash popcorn priest and see what extra perks you can enjoy. And if you made it this far, go. Go give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. I command thee. And as always, thanks for listening. And thanks to my reoccurring guest, Dan Sacklunch-Sakulich himself. Always a pleasure, my man. Yeah, buddy. And remember, Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, dude. It's, this is, this is going to be fun. I'm, ex- I'm excited. And remember, when you watch movies, you can pop off, pop in, or pop out. But always bring the popcorn. <laughs>